I am a being of pure chaos. Okay. <laughs> nice. I'm definitely gonna keep that in. <laughs> uh, so on that note, <laughs> I'm having we. Uh, I'm having cold brew coffee at 5 p.m. Oh, wow, what a cool time for you. So I know we recapped a little bit off mic, but we did finish our last episode on a little bit of a cliffhanger. Did you guys want to clarify anything before we jump right back into the action, or are you ready to go? I'm personally just raring to go. Heckin' ready, yeah. man. Let's do I'm it. I'm ready. All right, great. So here's the scene. We are at the motel. Mariah and Isabel have just sort of finished having a long conversation mm-hmm. uh, in Isabel's motel room. And Mariah, you were getting ready to depart for the evening when you pulled open the door to leave and were confronted with Hawk Peters at the door, who then said to you that he has something to show both of you. Mm. What is your reaction? Is everything okay? Yeah, actually, it's, uh, trust me, for once it's not bad news. Um, okay. Where? What? Uh, I think it's probably just going to be easiest if you come with me. Um, okay. Sure. Um, looks at Isabel, I look at Isabel, kind of gesture with my thumb toward the door. You want to... <laughs> she has a bit of a weary expression on her face, but an equally curious one. And so she stands up and grabs her coat, I think, and nods and makes as if to follow you. Mm-hmm. So. Wait, real quick. I'm talking to... As we're, yeah. as we're leaving, Mariah leans toward Isabel and just goes, he's cool. <laughs> <laughs> she leans into you and says, you, you do know that I know Hawk, right? Yeah, but I didn't know if you knew he was cool. <laughs> oh. Thank you for the clarification. Okay, sorry, Alex, yes? <laughs> uh, so I am talking to Addison now. Okay, cool. Uh, hello, hello. I know that you know what is happening next, and this is something where I would like for you to take a little bit of narrative control. So <laughs> okay. we are coming up on something here that is specifically an advancement that you have chosen. Um, you picked something out of the expert book, and I know that you have a, a somewhat strong idea of what this is. I want you to sort of be the one responsible for building this as far as where it is, how one gets into it, whether there's like a secret oh. entrance built in somewhere oh, wow. or, okay. or what that looks like. And I will help you. I will uh, sort of shape things as you present them and maybe help fit them into the narrative. But this is a place that is specifically for you and a place that I think like I want to be very meaningful to Mariah as well. So I want you to have a lot of say in how -hmm. this is constructed into the world. And I will definitely help smooth out those edges and again, like affix it into the scene that we have created. But I would really love it if you would sort of guide me on this and help me decide like where this is and how you get into it and how it's presented to you. So this is my panic room. I just wanted yeah. to, I wanted to, like, since we were beating around the bush, I wanted to, like, if people were listening <laughs> and wondering which improvement they were, we were going to talk about, like, that's what it is. Um, okay. Yeah. I am truly improvising because I didn't know that this came with homework. Okay. Um. <laughs> well, it clearly wasn't homework because if it was homework, I would have given it to and you I before now. I would have done it, but I am doing it at home, so. Well, then I guess it is homework, Ex- you know? You're right. that with Proved all your wrong. science. Okay. <laughs> So, 
I have this idea, like this image in my head, but I don't mm-hmm. know if it really makes a lot of sense because in Alaska, I don't know how much uh, how much this is a thing. Um, <laughs> like, how likely is it that there's a barn in Revenant? <laughs> a barn? A barn. Who? Um, I don't know that there's a barn. You could very easily find a shed. Okay, a shed I can do. I can do a shed. I can do a shed. Okay. Um, I just I have this uh, I have this idea of like a like a pretty like an empty plot of land, mm-hmm. um, with like a sort of shrieking shack like falling sure. apart building. My brain was imagining because I am from a farming town a like mm-hmm. decrepit barn. But a shed works as well, like a kind of sad, um, kind of falling apart shed, like kind of rotting wood planks on the outside, Mm -hmm. like definitely not a place you want to like hang out. (laughs) Okay. So I was, I would imagine you go in, my brain is picturing an outhouse, but I know that's not what we mean. Like my, my mind, I keep saying shed and my brain is painting me the image with the little like moon on the door and I'm like stop that go away um so it's a <laughs> not, shed. not here not on this podcast not here not now not ever so you go in and it's on the inside sort of like what you would expect mostly empty there's mm-hmm. sort of like um some old like there's like a shovel in the corner and like a rake and yeah, like some great. kind of rusty gardening supplies um, okay, I'm going to stop you here. We'll lock it back and we'll do this part of it in character. Okay. So, <laughs> sorry. You're at the motel and <laughs> you and Isabel uh, join Hawk outside. You step out the front door. Isabel locks the door behind her and says, all right, where to? And Hawk, with his hands in his pocket, sort of nods over his shoulder and starts walking off. You are walking for a little bit down the main stretch of town, and then he turns off of the main pathway and in between some buildings and starts walking toward an empty lot that you, Mariah, have seen several times. It's really nothing particularly notable. You have grown up here your entire life, and it's never been anything other than just sort of an abandoned shed. You just sort of have grown up assuming that, you know, this used to be somebody's personal property or belonged to a business that is now defunct and nobody really ever bothered to do mm. anything. Because, to be honest, it's not like anybody is really scrambling for land rights here in Revenant, Alaska. Mm-hmm. So this has just sort of laid empty for quite some time. I think when you were a kid, you and Zoe would probably sometimes come, like, toss a ball around out here mm-hmm. in this lot. Or, <clears throat> you know, there would be kids sometimes who would play pickup games of whatever they were doing, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh there's probably a good sledding hill somewhere nearby, but the building itself is totally undisturbed. Like, mm-hmm. it's not even worth rooting around in as a kid. And I think you probably tried once and the door was locked, so it was just never really worth busting into. You can peer in between some of the slats on the outside and there's nothing inside worth rummaging. So it's sort of laid abandoned and in disarray for quite some time. Where is this lot in relation to the library and the motel, do you think? Um, like, how close is it to either of those things? I would call it maybe like a 20-minute walk or something from the, okay. from the library. Cool. Sure. That sounds good. Okay. Um, do you want some more world building from me? <laughs> That's totally fine. So you uh, walk up to this lot, and then Hawk stops probably about 20 feet away from it and turns to glance at you and see what your reaction is. Okay, sorry, I was taking a sip of coffee. That was poorly timed. Um, So, kind of look around. 
I'd say, is this it? But I think I know that this isn't <laughs> it. Like, all that there is here. Am I right? <laughs> well, looks can be deceiving. Yeah. So I've noticed. He pulls out of his... Mm, it's probably in his pocket. He pulls out of his pocket what appears to be sort of a pendant or an amulet. Uh, it is a roughly carved wooden figure, I think probably like an eagle or something. It's it's very unassuming. It's not meant to look like anything in particular. It's just kind of a, a rough wooden shape that, you know, if you squint is probably some sort of animal, but really nothing particularly meaningful beyond that. Mm-hmm. And um, hands it to you. It says, here, you, uh, you may want to take this. Thanks. Um, okay. Don't know if it, anything in particular you want to know about it or um, do with it. Kind of looking at it, I'd like to just sort of turn it over in my hand. Um, okay. Uh, very lightly embossed into the back of it is the gatekeeper symbol. Okay. Very good. And then he starts to approach the shed. Okay, so I guess we're going to follow him. <laughs> That's me. So. That's that me. makes the most sense. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> Isabel shrugs and follows your lead. Mm-hmm. As you approach the building, you don't notice anything more about it than what you already know, but you get close to it and you feel the amulet in your hand warm very slightly, and as it does so, there is a faint click as the door unlocks and swings open. So that's how you unlock it, huh? <laughs> it's a rudimentary system, but effective. Yeah. And, yeah, so now go ahead and describe the inside of this shed to me. Very good. Okie dokie. So, on the inside of the shed, it still looks, like, pretty not that exciting. Um... You've got, like, some rusty garden shears and, like, kind of just, like, leaves and dirt and, like, grossness and (laughs) grossness. Um, Just kind of, like, what you'd expect (laughs) inside an old, like, shed that no one's used in decades. Um, And if you, but if you look at the back, there's sort of, like, there, it looks like wooden planks that, blend in with the rest mm-hmm. of the like blend in with the rest of the building but if you're actually looking sure. at it carefully you would see that it's not there's not the three dimensionality of the other planks it's flat painted to look like the planks oh love it okay so it's flat painted to look like wood um it's actually a door <laughs> Ooh. and you're also going to need the little amulet key for that one um there's like okay great Maybe there's actually, like, a keyhole shaped like it or something. Oh, neat. Um, Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And you open that, and there is a little, like, ramp, because we do accessibility here in their secret hideouts, (laughs) um, down into the unseen kind of dark. It's dark in there right now because no one's in there. Um, And there's a a little, little room in there. I love it. Okay, great. So I think this is something that Mariah probably figures out at oh, yeah. roughly the same speed. 
So you've never been in here before, but you obviously have reason to assume something is amiss. And I think probably when you get into the shed, uh, you pick up on the fact that it's it's hard to notice, but the room inside is maybe slightly shorter than it looks from the outside. Mm-hmm. And so you know that there's something, like, these dimensions are off. There's something being obscured or hidden here. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, I think that you your suspicious eyes, mm-hmm. as we have been reminded on this podcast, uh, pick up this particular detail, mm-hmm. this patch that is different from everything else. And, and now I should specify in terms yeah. of layout that part of what I've imagined of, of the like panic room part of this is slightly underground. So there's slightly, there's a slight Totally. Incline. I was okay. thinking underground Making as well. sure you got yeah. that. Okay, got it. I was sort of thinking like the entrance to it oh, yes. maybe takes up this back space Perfect. where it's a little bit shorter. Just wanted to make sure. Uh, but the actual, yeah, but the actual panic room itself is fully underground in my imagining. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, um, great. So there's a sort of like ramped walkway. Um... And beyond that door. And then down inside, I have kind of struggled a little bit with what I think it should look like, but I think I've settled mm-hmm. on something. And I think I've okay. settled on, like, an old school, like, in, like, a like an old Hollywood home office. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, Yes, like I a, know exactly what you're talking study. about. A study. A study. Very good. Yes. I called that an old Hollywood home office. Um, yeah, a study. Okay. Perhaps like like a wood desk, bookshelves, mm-hmm. a big leather chair, um, a really thick rug thick, on the floor. Oh yes, very thick rug for dampening sound as well as because aesthetics, of course. And um, yeah, bookshelves, and also uh, also um, there is a uh, there is a cabinet full of uh, supplies like canned foods and um, mm-hmm. instant coffee. And there is a little uh, kettle for heating water. Um, Perfect. And yeah, there's it's decked out with supplies. It's very dusty in here. Oh, yes. In fact, even as you walk into the room and sort of step onto the carpet, you notice little clouds of dust rising at your feet. This place is well appointed. It's very secure. It doesn't look abandoned in that it isn't in disarray. It has. It's not that it hasn't been well kept, but it certainly hasn't been used in quite some time. Mm-hmm. Whoever the last person to use it was, they took very good care of it, but it hasn't been regularly occupied for quite some time. Mm-hmm. I think that also as you go down the ramp and step through the doorway, it's not particularly noticeable. It's not like a big wall of energy or something, but I think there is a slight shimmer across the doorway that you are able to walk through perfectly fine, but it gives you the impression that, like, oh, this place is protected by, like, magical charms and enchantments mm-hmm. and and something to that effect. Absolutely. Cool. What are Mariah's impressions upon walking into this space? Play that out for me. Okay. So we get into the 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 secondary space, the actual space. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think just sort of. And I think you're leading the way. Yes. I think that you find this door and open it mm-hmm. and and go through. Walking and, inside uh, and Isabella's behind you and then and then Hawk behind her. Uh huh. I'm imagining um, you walking inside, walking across that mm-hmm. carpet. Sort of taking a step to, or taking a taking a, a pause, taking a moment to just sort of look around and take it in quietly, 
Uh, and I think that as you step through this shimmer, mm-hmm. the lights glow into life. I love There's that so much. like an oil lamp on the desk that lights up when you walk in. So not even electricity. It's it's a flame mm-hmm. that springs to life when you step through the doorway. Mm-hmm. I run my hand, uh, my fingertips across the desk, kind of watching the little like dust, like the trail it makes in the dust. Mm-hmm. Just kind of feeling how it's real and also the moment of this place has been empty for a long time. Mm-hmm. And not wanting to be too presumptuous, but already kind of getting attached and getting a little excited, um, turning around and looking at Hawk kind of curiously and, again, almost like a little afraid to say it because you don't want to turn out to be wrong, but uh, saying, mm-hmm. um, is this um, for me? For both of you. Yeah. He crosses his arms and looks around fondly and a little bit sadly and says, it used to be my mother's. The the gatekeepers, of course, built it here and it's one of their institutions, but I personally never had that much use for it. I figure that we've perhaps unintentionally taken quite a bit from both of you and it's Time you got something back. Thank you. Thank you. Um, wow. Isabel kind of nervously looks over at Hawk with eyes that are just a bit alarmed and says, Does. And Hawk stops her and shakes his head no and says, No, I am. Um, actually, for whatever reason, I never told Phil about this place. It was, I guess, good on the part of my intuition, Mm -hmm. but I never could have explained why. I hope it serves you well. Thank you. I, uh... I don't, um... I'm not good at this kind of stuff. You know that. Um, thank you. Don't mention it. Uh, be careful when you leave and enter. Mm-hmm. You know, standard protocol, I'm sure you understand. <laughs> yeah. He smiles and then uh, drops his hands and says, well, I'll leave you to it. And walks out to uh, let you appreciate your brand new panic room. I'm crying. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Is there anything else that you want to establish about this space or say to Isabel or just sort of uh, finish up before we leave this scene? Um, I don't know if there's anything I want to play out in real time so much as say, like, I think, like, the two of us probably spend some time uh, going over, Mm -hmm. like, kind of inventorying, uh, making an inventory of everything in the room and sort of, like, figuring out, like, checking out the shelves and basically like I imagine mm-hmm. Mariah being like oh my god like this collection's like 50 years out of date I gotta go get some books from the library mm-hmm. and, sure um, of course maybe there's like and there's instant coffee maybe there's not any tea so Isabel's maybe gonna bring some of her tea bags back over here and think thinking about things that they want to add and make their own um sure to of the course space. and um I just uh that just 
oh, that just it just makes me happy. Um, I think maybe the last thing that happens is uh, you you guys do all of this. You spend several hours mm-hmm. in here, sort of going through this space and the rest of the evening, mm-hmm. probably reorganizing things and like mm-hmm. just ogling what you have here and sharing your excitement with each other because you're two people who maybe can appreciate this space and are really a much higher level than even the normal person looking in and saying like, wow, a cool magic clubhouse. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think maybe the last image that we have then is Isabel grabs a piece of paper from this desk and uh, writes something on it and then hangs it right above the door. And it is a sign that says uh, no boys allowed. I was, I'm actually tearing up because I was just going to say, can they, <laughs> when you said paper, I was going to say no boys allowed. No boys allowed. Yeah, I think that's fun. <laughs> and the S is backwards. Of course. I'm cr- cool I'm girls crying. only. I'm she cr- writes She writes no boys allowed, and then you grab, like, a marker and, like, do a backwards S over her S. I'm crying. That's so good. Okay. I love that uh, so much. Very cool. So we'll leave that there. The most literal safe space. Ah, uh, very good. Martha. Hi. How you doing? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Good. So I know that you were wanting to invoke a flashback sequence. Mm-hmm. We have established several times before that Martha has uh, pretty vivid dreams, and this could easily be a dream sequence if that's something that you want. Um, if you're tired of Martha having dream sequences, <laughs> I also understand, and we could do something else. Um, no, but I have that a pretty specific me... idea for it. Okay, great. Then why don't you set that up for me? Cool. So she is uh, on a walk after um, kind of talking to everyone about, like, this whole tree problem. Um, Sure. So she's on a walk uh, out by her house, uh, the trails back there. Mm -hmm. But the trees have shifted, so she feels a little bit lost in, like, a new environment almost. Um, and then she is brushing her hands along the trees as she's walking. So they kind of, uh, spark up with that green glow. Um. Sure, yeah. And then the camera does like a little zoom in to her hand and then zooms back out and it's teenage Martha, um, kind of walking briskly through the Glacier National Park on her way to mm-hmm. cross the border into Canada. Um, and I figured that uh, there might be like rangers out there or something or border guards or something, but I don't know if they would be in the park specifically. Um, sure. So... In your mind, Martha is specifically in the park? Yes. Okay, great. So then I think that, yeah, park rangers makes the most sense. Plus, I like the idea of Martha having had, like, meaningful interactions with park rangers before. I just think it's (laughs) significant. So we'll do that. So Martha, teenage Martha, is in the park. How old is Martha right now, specifically? Um, She's 17, because that's when she left, right? Sure. So how long has she been on the run? Uh, This is probably like a few days to maybe a week in. 
Okay. I feel like it's going to be a long so... trip because <laughs> she's hitchhiking and walking most of the way. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. So let's do this. I think we have this beautiful seamless transition from present day Martha walking through the trees and then it pans back out and we're faced with the image of a much, much younger Martha who is kind of visibly ragged. Her clothes are uh, in disarray because she's been living in them for a week. And there's probably snow just starting to fall. I'm not sure what season you were envisioning, but regardless of the season, I think that that's a pretty safe bet (laughs) in Glacier Park. And as you are wandering through these woods, is that a hurried thing? Are you on the run from these rangers or are you trying to find your way or what is let's say that, what is your emotional state here? Let's say that she's already been spotted by them. So okay. she's running through this forest. She doesn't know exactly where she's going. She just knows the direction she needs to go. Um, okay. And she knows that she's been spotted. So I think she's running a little bit. I'm also imagining it's nighttime. Sure. So I think maybe the immediate problem here is that you're not supposed to be in the park especially unattended, after dark. And maybe that was the initial reason they were coming after you, and then you were not sure how to continue this interaction, and so rather than go with them back to the park office, you bolted. And so that's clearly a suspicious behavior, and so now they're like actively on your tail because they're under the impression that like they need to find you and bring you back in and something is wrong. Sure. So you are now under this high-stress situation. You're running through the woods. There's... You know, the ground pounding under your feet, branches whipping at your face as you go. I think that you're being pulled onward, not by any sense of like, oh, I need to be going north, but by this innate magical pull within you that's sort of intuitively guiding your motions and and pulling you forward. And you're just trusting that instinct in terms of navigating these paths and these tricky ins and outs of this forest that you've never been to before. Where does your running lead you? Um, so I feel like uh, it leads to a little creek. And okay. um, it's got like the bank isn't right next to it. It's kind of uh, elevated. So you mm-hmm. can kind of jump down and then uh, hide along the, um, the, the wall of that elevated miniature cliff thing so i feel like she's gonna do that because she's never gonna be able to outrun these guys sure of course especially not in unfamiliar territory from trained park officials so that's what you do then you you jump off the path and you try to hide yourself under this little alcove yeah so she's hiding and in her head she's just thinking like she's curled up and um She's just thinking really hard. I can't let them see me. I can't let them see me. They can't see me. They can't see me. Okay. From behind you, and it's hard to tell where because the echoes of the forest and the dampening of the snow makes everything a little bit strange, but you hear voices, the the voices of these rangers calling out, um, and then you hear someone say, I think she went this way. And the footsteps start getting closer to you and the sense of panic increases within you. Your heart is fluttering and you start to be aware of flashlight beams 
crossing the air over your head. You can look up from where you're seated and see a flashlight beam inches from you, illuminating the snowflakes as they fall down. And all of a sudden, this sense of utter serenity and placidity washes over you. Your heart stops hammering in your chest. Your thoughts stop racing. You feel so utterly grounded in that moment. And for a minute, you almost stop breathing. And the flashlight beam angles downward. You hear footsteps hop down over the bank. And you are two feet away from a pair of rangers who are scanning the area with their flashlight beams. The beams fall directly on you. And then we pull back to an angle, looking over the ranger's shoulders, and there's no one there. Their flashlights are shining exactly where Martha just was. We flip back to your perspective and see that you are still in the exact same spot. You are still hiding there with maybe your eyes squinted closed, and you open them and you see the rangers looking directly at you but seeing nothing. What's going through your head in this moment? Um, I think probably a little bit of shock, but still just repeat, repeating that phrase over and over and over again. They can't see me. Mm -hmm. They can't see me. They can't see me. They can't see me. And for as long as you're thinking it, it appears to be completely true. They aren't seeing you. They're looking directly at the space where we know Martha to be. And there is no Martha, at least as far as they are capable of comprehending. Their flashlight beams linger on you and on that space for a moment, and then they shake their heads and sweep them elsewhere. It takes probably about 20 minutes for them to finish searching this particular spot to what they feel is completion, but the entire time, they don't seem to have any suspicions or inclinations as to your presence, and eventually, they are out of earshot entirely. What does Martha do at that moment? Um, so that sense of groundedness just instantly goes away and she starts shaking like really hard. Um, Mm -hmm. I think she takes a few minutes just to sit there and let everything pass. Um, Mm -hmm. and then after a few minutes, she gets up and keeps heading where she was going. Okay. We cut back to Martha in the present, and what is your reaction to this flashback, Martha? Um, I feel like this was more of just like a, a memory sequence. Um, mm-hmm. Because I don't want it to be like Martha just stopped in her tracks and just had like sure. this flashback and then she just regained consciousness. I feel like this no, was... No, I imagine it's like her thinking these things and like her thoughts sort of drifting back to this as she's wandering these woods. But if you want it to just sort of be a, a metafictional thing where like we as the audience are seeing this, but Martha herself is not remembering it, that's also fine. Oh, no, no, no. She's definitely remembering it. Okay, great. Um so trying to decide what she would do after this um yeah no hurry. i'm guessing 
she would try to get in touch with Hawk. Let's let's just all talk to Hawk today, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Time-wise, I think he's probably like at the motel right now. Right, yeah. Um but uh Well, that's that's what she would think about is like Sure. uh thinking I need to talk to Hawk because this is a thing I'm just now remembering. Uh, Mm -hmm. and that's probably useful in some way. Okay. Uh, how would you try to get in touch with him then? How does one get in touch in the (laughs) nineties? Well, you do have that very fancy new pager, but I don't know if he has one. Um, Um, I don't know. Uh, if it's, is it, is it evening or is it like, I was assuming it was evening. I was thinking, uh, although it could be earlier, we could say this is before Hawk takes them to the safe room. No, I think it would work better if it's evening because then that way it's okay. like getting dark or it's dark. So then it kind of lines up with sure. everything. Um, Perfect. Love it. So I feel like she's just going to go back to her house and then would try to find Hawk like first thing in the morning. Okay. Great. Well, let's cut to the next morning. Okay. <laughs> but we're actually going to skip over to Siobhan. To my girl. I mean, they're all my girls, but you know. <laughs> they are all so beautiful. So strong. So beautiful. So strong. So brave. So brave. So, brave. so smart. So brave. So brave. Okay. So self-assured. Okay. Hi, Siobhan. Hello. That's me. That's just Alex mm-hmm. saying hey. That's Hello. not any particular character. Oh, God. I love her. Uh, okay, so it's the next morning. It's the next morning. <laughs> it sure is. Uh, dang, I slept all night. That's ideal. One would think. Uh, I'm sort of envisioning this next scene playing out with you being at work, but if there's somewhere else that you would like to be or some other business you would like to be attending to, it is certainly very flexible. Well, so No, I think I'm probably at work. I don't know what this next scene is. Well, again, it's it's very flexible. It's just sort of a, an introduction into yet another scene, so it can really happen anywhere. But sure. work feels right to me, mm-hmm. so... If it feels right to you, then we'll go with work. It feels right to me. Work typically always feels right to me where, like, setting up Siobhan scenes is concerned. Yeah. Cool. So you are at work. It's pretty early in the morning at the ranger station. I think you are at your uh, park director desk, and maybe it still feels a little bit uncomfortable to think of that as your office, but you're trying to get used to it. And I think you have the radio on. And it's the last few minutes of Rita's morning broadcast. And uh, we just sort of cut into this scene as that's playing out. And it's her voice coming over the speaker saying, And as a reminder to all the citizens and visitors to Revenant, Alaska, the gates of the Arctic Park is currently operating under an elevated fire hazard alert. So be careful out there, folks. And don't go lingering in the forest after dark too much, all right? You take care out there, and I'll see you tomorrow morning. Alex? Yes. I think you meant stay safe out there. I was about to say the same thing, but I wasn't going to just like, you know. Okay. I'm really sorry. I just interrupted. I'm so sorry. Okay. Uh, bye. It's okay. That's not my line. Otherwise, I would feel perfectly comfortable. Oh, <laughs> uh, you didn't want to step on any toes. I'm not trying to plagiarize here. Mm-hmm. 
I appreciate that. So, uh, what are you up to this morning, Siobhan? Uh, listening to Rita's radio broadcast. <laughs> it's very good, but that's about the last of it. It starts pretty early, and so she takes a break, you know, probably around nine in the morning. Sure, sure, I get that. So what's on the docket for you today at, at the office? Well, you know, got some uh, paperwork that needs to get filed and done and um, taking some pH samples of the soil. and. Uh, oh, very good. Yeah, just uh, hunting some vampires last night. It was a late night. Oh, yeah, Natch. Yeah. Those are difficult this time of year. Yeah. In Alaska, their oh, hours yeah. are wild. Oh, yeah. All the time. <laughs> getting into winter too that's a vampire season well you know up we here. just cleared out a nest uh last night, so, oh yeah uh, you know a little little bit sleepy today but um you know job well done i think great well uh as you are finishing up some of that paperwork or maybe getting back into the office after collecting your ph samples you get a phone call and maybe the phone call comes into the front office and ben answers it and then uh, you're in your office as he calls back to you and says Siobhan, phone's for you. Hello? Uh, Siobhan, this is Sheriff Danvers. How you doing? Doing well, Sheriff. How are you? Uh, doing all right. Yeah, I heard about your recent promotion. Con- congratulations. Well, thank you so much, but uh, under the circumstances, you know, temporary thing. Uh, of course. Yeah, I didn't mean to imply anything. Uh, is there any chance that you could maybe swing by the police station after you get off today? Uh, yeah, I think I could make that happen. It's right on the uh, way perfect. home. Perfect. Well, I'll, um, I'll be here late this evening, and I, uh, I had just something to pass along that you may find interesting. Sure, I'll, uh, I'll pencil you in. <laughs> uh, much obliged. Thank you. I'm very grateful for your time. And then I hang up. <laughs> Good. It doesn't bother him any. He's very businesslike, that man. And I have zero patience for him. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a proud history of the park directors and the gates of the Arctic. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Anything else you? <laughs> anything else you wanted to do with your work day, or do you want to skip right ahead to that there? No, I really uh, don't have anything that I needed to get done, so I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> okay, great. So you swing by the police station. It's uh, it's starting to get dark earlier, so I think by the time you get off work and clock out and drive back into town and get over to the police station, it's it's probably pretty dusky outside. Um, but that means nothing Ugh, for you as much as it does it's for the so vampires. so dusky in here. <laughs> Look at all these dusk bunnies. Dusk bunny. Okay, real talk though. Dusk bunny sounds like a great name for a cryptid. Mm -hmm. You're right. It does. Dusk bunny. Isn't that good? It also sounds like a really cool like indie goth clothing brand. It does. Like I would shop. I would buy from Dusk Bunny. Like I feel like I've seen their stuff in Hot Topic before on the sale section. They have don't even put that on them. All the time. Don't put that on Dusk Bunny. (laughs) All right. Dusk Bunny is one of Zoe's favorite bands. Aww. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> okay, so you stop by the police station. 
a fairly low personnel here right now. There are a couple of lights still on, but, you know, it's certainly a skeleton crew. Yeah, spooky. <laughs> it is certainly a minimal amount of people staffing this office. Do I need to be more clear? No, I just meant, you know, cops. Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, man. Got him. So, uh, what do you do? Well, I'm going to go in. Go right. You have a history of making fairly fascinating entrances into the police station, so I was just curious oh, yeah. what that I'm, flavor I'm was today. Up. Yeah, I know it's dusky, but I've still got my aviators on. <laughs> of course you do. I don't take my yeah. hat off when I walk in. I go up to the front desk, whip off my shades, and say, here to see the sheriff. He's in his office. Is it unlocked? <laughs> the door is open, I think. I ask anyway. <laughs> yeah, it should be. Not that that stopped you before. And I put my shades back on and say, You damn skippy. <laughs> and I walk back in. <laughs> Man, the Siobhan energy is even more intense tonight than usual. I'm It's like very it. good. I like this. This is like when... Uh, Peter Parker gets the the black suit. Oh yes, <laughs> this is black suit Siobhan. <laughs> director Siobhan is black suit. Dur- sorry, director O'Shaughnessy. When's the dance number? Uh, I love it. Right now. Oh yes, please. <laughs> Five, <laughs> six, seven, eight. Two, <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Just does a cute mm-hmm. little slide into the office. This is for you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good. Oh, man. It's pizza time. Sheriff Danvers is standing next to his desk and shuffling some pieces of mail around in his hands. And he looks up as you make your swagalicious entrance. Oh. And says, oh, Siobhan, thank you for stopping in. Did you you have any trouble at the front desk? I never do. That's probably true. Um, I just wanted to pass some information along to you. All right. What's the what's the situation? Well, strictly speaking, I have no details to give. But with the mayor on leave, I've been keeping an eye on things over at Town Hall as best I can, and. He uh, hands you two or three different envelopes. One of them is just a regular, like, letter-sized envelope, and another one is a big manila envelope with, a like, a latch closure on it. Mm-hmm. Very yes. stiff and formal and official-looking. You know what I mean. Oh, yes. And there's probably one other, this another, another letter-sized envelope. And do you notice that all of them are addressed to Morty Sloughton at the town hall address. Hmm. Now, if I recall correctly, this is the former mayor. That is the mayor, Siobhan. If you recall, that court case was dropped. and No, that, no was, that was Andrew talking, sorry. Ah, okay. Well, that is the mayor. Now, Siobhan yes. would know who the mayor is. Yes, it is the mayor. But I'm just saying, like, to clarify your point about former mayor, Ah, uh, technically... I I forgot. Technically, that is still the mayor. I see. 
you guys did collect some dirt. However, it was not necessarily the most legally obtained. And right, so that case that. was dropped, meaning that he has not been formally removed from office. Oh, I However, will informally also... remove him from office. <laughs> However, he's not really been around town. He's kind of been out of Dodge from a distance. So what the sheriff is telling you is that even though the sheriff has not been performing, or even though that the mayor has not been operating out of the mayoral office, some things have been uh, misdelivered to town hall under his name. Mm-hmm. But it may intrigue you to look at these things and see what they are. Yes. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, you glance at them. They are, of course, unopened because it would be completely out of character for the sheriff of this town to open somebody else's mail. Oh, yeah, of course. But the return addresses all track back to a construction firm in Juneau. Hmm. So, he hasn't been here to open these? No, he hasn't been seen around here in a couple of weeks. Uh, I wasn't even under the impression that he was receiving mail here, but it's possible these were misdelivered. So, uh, what do you want me to do with them? Well, nothing. I, there's nothing that I want for you to do with them. I'm certainly not asking you to look any further into this, but I know for a fact that you've been looking at information pertaining to the mayoral office. Sure. And as a professional courtesy, I thought this information might be relevant to you. Don't, Wink, look any <laughs> Wink further into this. Wink. Siobhan, I, I got you know you. that I don't... Cond- Tampering with mail is you a felony. You do not need to say anything more, Sheriff. I read you loud and clear. He sort of rubs his temples and says, I do need you to give that mail back to me. What mail? I am certainly not condoning or implying that you should participate in illegal activities. Oh, no, I... In the... In the Sheriff's office. You do know you're standing in the Sheriff's office. I am well aware of what building I'm in, Sheriff. Thank you. I'm just confused about why you called me down here to look at these. I'm, yes, looking into the mayoral uh, candidacy for a friend of everyone's in town. But I'm not sure why a few packages from a construction company in Juneau are of interest. It may not mean anything at all, but I don't know of any construction happening in Revenant, and I thought it odd that a construction company would be sending materials to the official town offices in that in light of that information. And Siobhan kind of like thinks for a minute, like, yeah, that makes sense. Got them right where I want them. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) She was just trying to get information. Ah, I see. Play the fool. Oh, Uh nicely done. (laughs) Yeah, totally, the whole time. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, He extends his hand, basically, to receive the mail back from you. I give it back. Okay, great. He takes it and uh, tucks it into a desk drawer and says, I will have to make sure, of course, that these reach the intended recipient, but I thought that before I did that, it might be wise to have someone else aware of at least this much. Well, uh, I'm very much aware. Thank you. Well, you have a good evening out there, Siobhan. I always do. And she puts her shades back on and walks out. (laughs) Strong. (laughs) Uh, She's so powerful. Perfect.